kings and queens what's going on and welcome back to another episode of kicking it with k of course it is your favorite life coach kayla and today i am a super excited about this episode because my co-host is like a sister to me she is my brother's best friend she is the one the only Keisha, hey, <laughs> what an introduction. I come on the ladder. You should because you like the top boss. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to be a boss. I'm trying to be. You're there. <laughs> You're there. But thank you so much for that intro. I, I really appreciate that. Listen, anything for you. So, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling. Uh, Excited. I'm feeling uh, engaged, intrigued, and inquisitive. Awesome. That's what's up. So listen, before we get into this topic, go ahead and tell the K listeners just a little bit about yourself so they know who's coming to the mic. Okay. Well, I'm Ani Keisha Abram, CEO and founder um, of Pretty Lux Company and Curl Lux Naturals. Um, and so I am also a mom. I am a educator. I teach it in Bibb County. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just, you know, a, a round the way girl. Just someone that just loves life and business and, and debate. <laughs> that part. <laughs> that part. So let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. So lastly, um, I put out an episode entitled Blues Clues. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much talking about Steve, um, the original person from Blues Clues, coming back to give the millennials this apology that some of us didn't know that we needed type deal yeah and so it had a lot of people in their feelings so i had um my friend jordan shout out to him on that episode and we started talking about the whole blues clues thing Mm -hmm. and of course it led into other conversation we started talking about just um self-worth um and also validation Mm -hmm. seeking validation from different things and you had posted a comment (laughs) on facebook i'm sorry that's my debate time Listen, (laughs) hold on. Let me go grab the mic before we even start having this conversation because it's going to be juicy. Yeah. So um, I just want to pick up from that, the conversation we had in the comment session. So first, let me say the topic was great. Now, me personally, I knew of Blue's Clues, but I definitely wasn't the one that was having a Blue's Clues yeah. birthday. Like, that wasn't my era. I think my era was the generation that was like, hey, what happened to the Laura Winslow, Judy? You know, what happened to Judy? Mm-hmm. What happened to these people that was in the house one moment? And what happened to the Black Unveiled? You know, right. we are in that generation. Yeah. So, for uh, for me, I was like, why everybody crying? Like, yeah. what's going on? But so, when you said Blue's Clues, I was like, let me take a listen. And so, I'm listening and the whole time I'm listening, I'm in the classroom prepping for videos, uh, prepping for, you know, uh, online learning uh-huh. for the students. And <clears throat> I'm talking to you. So, like, I'm like, well, I mean, that kind of can go this way. I kind of I understand that, you know, and I'm like yeah. literally saying things back to you guys. And so I was like, OK, I got to get this out of me because, you know, <laughs> you know me, I'm passionate. So when it's in me, it's in me. And I got to get it out. So. I will, you guys take out on a topic about validation and right. about, about why people seek validation and um, you know why his message was needed and y'all didn't know it was needed and I, the first thing I was thinking is you know validation is, is I don't want to say necessarily needed but we seek validation because mm-hmm. that's 
what we've been taught you know we've been taught the good the bad you know there's a good guy there's a bad guy we've been we you know you little girls do this little boys do that you should be this way by 25 you should have this completed by 30 you should you know if you're dating by this time of year you should be pregnant and married right you know everything is a standard there's a there's a i call it the sops of life the standard operating procedures of life Mm -hmm. and even when we equate it now you know i i don't try to tap on people religions but even when we equate it to that some people use the acronyms for of the bible as basic instructions before leaving earth right, right? so again isn't that a standing um, standard um, operating procedure before leaving mm-hmm. earth you need to live this way and so it's kind of like well we seek validation because i might be moving in my own way but is this right right am i doing what you guys <clears throat> expect is this what society tell me i'm supposed to do and so then it's like you're living but then people might be like looking at you saying she's not doing it right or he's not doing it right and you asked the question and you said um well who set those standards good question because right. i'm very much i've always been that way i even when i was a little girl i used to be like who said this who said you had to go sit in the church to be going to heaven mm-hmm. who said you had to do xyz who said that and why are we listening why didn't we you know go expand on our own thinking and our own journey of learning who said that this is right <clears throat> we only know right and wrong because it was taught to us right but who say our right is correct yeah. you know what i mean like I'm not saying that you, you, you know, it's common sense. You shouldn't go hurt nobody. You shouldn't steal from nobody. You shouldn't lie. That's common sense. But then think about the lie part. Think about the killing part. If somebody hurt my child, I'm after you. Mm-hmm. Like I had to tell her little friend, I kill somebody <clears throat> about my baby. Right. You know what I'm saying? So am I justified if somebody do something to my child? Oh, thou shalt not kill until I got to save my life. Mm. Thou shalt not tell a lie until... I don't want to hurt my loved one's feelings. No, Grandma, your your sweet potato pie was not good today. <laughs> not the sweet you know? potato. <laughs> not no. the pie. Right. No, no, Auntie, those collard greens were not busting. <laughs> no, brother, those pants do not fit you right. They're a little tight. You know, yeah. we we never really, we, we always pick and choose those moments of when we want to tell the white lie. We call it a white lie to, to simmer it down, but a lie is a lie. Right. Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to having to hurt somebody or kill somebody, if it's, if it's about me saving my life, I'm going to do whatever I need to save my life. If I got to save my child, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to save my child. So it's like, well, we justify. Well, you can do it only if mm-hmm. it's, these are the standard operating procedures of life. You get what I'm saying? Right. So then, so then we talk. You guys were talking about the validation, and I'm like, well, here's a bigger question: What happens when we no longer seek validation? Right. When I no longer care if if Kayla and Kevin <clears throat> likes how I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. When I no longer care to say, you know, th- you know, this is how I should be worshiping God, so I'm going to do it my way. Or another example of that worshiping God part. I was on on Facebook the other day and I was telling Kevin this girl was like, hey, she was, and she's in PR. You know, I follow a lot of different people. And she was, so she's in PR. She was like, I need, I think she said about six women of God, real women of God for speakers. You know, you know, DM me if you are a real woman of God. And I was like, well, what does that look like? Yeah, what is a real woman? What's a real woman of God? 
Because I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna be one hundred. I'm not. I'm not gonna sit in your church. I don't sit in your church. Because honestly, I've had bad experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you guys know all about that. I don't want to take it to that level on this podcast. <laughs> but I, I've had bad experiences with people within the church, yeah. right? So my thing have always been. I don't care where it's at. Protect your energy. So like, if I'm getting, you know terrible feedback from someone inside the church and everybody see this person as the golden girl you know everybody love 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 her she's on every board she's on everything but when I but when she's encountering me she's rude she's nasty she's mean I can't rock with that like I, I don't see that same person you see right. I see the person who's mistreating me so I'm a distance myself and then they'll say well that's like that everywhere Yes, it is. And everywhere that goes, I distance myself. Mm-hmm. Whether it's work, church, school, it doesn't matter. You're not going to disturb my peace. So I'm not in your church every Sunday. So, I, But it doesn't mean I'm not giving tithes. Or who's to say the way we give tithes is correct? Meaning, the last time I checked it, I, and you know me, I'm, I'm not fully engulfed in the Bible. But I remember when he was collecting tithes, he was taken from the village to help the woes and that was in need. So if my tithing looks a little different, am I wrong? If I'm not giving it to the church, but I give it to the homeless people or I give it to charity, is that not a tithe in the mm-hmm. eyes of the Lord? Or is it, again, a standard operating procedure? No, you got to give it to your home church. Did he say that? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So so then, so now here, let's go back to the PR lady. Well, I believe in God. I know that he's the head of my life. I know he's ordered my steps because I've been through enough things in life to know somebody had to be looking out for this girl. Mm-hmm. And so am I not a woman of God because I'm not sitting in the church and screaming hallelujah and praise God and Jesus every day of my life? Mm-hmm. Talk about it. <laughs> if I'm just because, so I don't I'm not wearing your church hat. And I don't know every Sunday song, and I'm not at every Bible study. So, am I not a real woman of God? Right. So, what does that look like? So, a lot of people were like, yes, girl, yes, I know that's right. I'm a real woman. Says who? Is it? (laughs) So, again, so here, here I am, the person who, I guess I could say, I no longer care to be validated. Because oftentimes, when you're seeking validation... You're not pleasing yourself. You're pleasing others. That's true. And you're living, you're trying to live towards their standard in life. And I just say, set your own goal. Set your own standard. What's going to give you your peace and your happiness? And then you live by that. And it's so easy for us to get caught up in the standard operating procedures of life that, you know, we we are unhappy. When you think about the mental health aspect. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's, let, I mean, even in our young people, a lot of what we're seeing is because they're not living up to somebody's dream. Right. They're not living up to somebody's validation. And so then they get um, very rebellious. Right. And so now now we get in the kids who are, I don't care. I ain't seeking validation. You know, at being, at being an educator, I can't, you know, and I teach elementary. Right. Yeah. And so I can't tell y'all how much I in the last five years of teaching that I've realized when you ask the question, where did we go wrong? I've realized that somewhere along the lines with raising different generations, we've gone wrong. Yeah. And again, it's like, well, who are you to say that? Well, here's the question I'm asked. When we were growing up, you couldn't dare 
threaten to call my mama and not have me straighten up. Right. You been <laughs> right. the teacher the teacher getting saying, I'm gonna call your mama. Please, Lord, don't call my mama. I'm gonna be good. <laughs> Begging for your life. Begging. Don't call. Don't call. <laughs> but guess what happens now? Call her. Call her. Call her. My mama ain't gonna do nothing to me. Right. She she said she's tired of y'all anyway. Or she, my mama said, um, she don't care because she was the same way when she was in school. Or I had, a, I had this is no lie. This pandemic has done a lot to our students when it with what we call learning loss. Mm-hmm. So I teach fifth grade, <laughs> but a great deal of my students when we when we're testing them on um, star testing yeah. or map testing, they're scoring second, first third grade levels in reading and math right so i purposely send home reports to the parents so that they'll know where your child is starting and so that we can work as a team so here's some things at home you can do with your child and here's what i'll be working on in school with your child we need to push them ahead right mm-hmm. i had a, this no lie i had a child come back and said she was like second grade reading and math and she said her mom said she didn't care because she was also like that when she was growing up so now your question earlier in your last podcast was where did we go wrong i me personally i feel like that's one of the areas we're going wrong i don't even think it's necessarily seeking validation but there gotta be there has to be some kind of level if you ask me yeah you know what i mean i that's that's a tough one because i at this point you know it's not really it's that at home piece mm-hmm. that's missing yes because it, it can get to a point to where okay i'm not seeking validation or i can be well for an elementary student really just trying to become into your own person yes but still if you don't have that village or if you don't have people surrounding you that are going to push you right into what it is that you need to do it's going to be hard because if i'm surrounding myself with people and especially like my parents or guardians if y'all are telling me well that's okay because i was like that that doesn't motivate me there you go to try to to do, do what better. I need to do right and so now you have this teacher who's like no baby <laughs> I understand that and I share my struggles I tell my students all the time when I look back because my mom has all my report cards right so when I look back at my report cards I look at what the teachers used to write about me mm. okay and they used to always say help her at home she struggles with math help her at home she struggles with math here I am three more classes left I have my MBA hopefully by spring from Mercer University here I am a fifth grade math teacher and all right. I want to do is run businesses and numbers all day yeah but in fifth grade I struggled in math. And so I shared that with my students. Um, my, Because, you know, I didn't always have my mom. I, I grew up with my aunts. I grew up with my mom. But nobody ever just said, hey, your teacher said you're struggling with math. I don't remember sitting down at the table and working on math problems because my teacher said it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely know my mom never told me, it's okay because I struggle, right? Because yeah. like you said, that's not going to make me motivated to do better. And so then... Now we have my mom on my side with the teacher fussing at me or trying to push me to better. My mom is, is like, it's cool that I'm on second grade, even though I'm 12 
And I got a lot of 12 year olds this year, 12 years old in the fifth grade, 13 years old in the fifth grade on second grade level. So, when, and that's another thing too, is let's talk about the age range. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know we're talking about a lot of things right now. And one of the topics of validation, but let's also talk about the, the question of where we went wrong. And that's where I'm at with this conversation. Yeah. We're going wrong with not being present in our children's lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know every parent has their own issues, but a lot of the drug, alcohol, and uh, substance abuse problems that I see when I talk to those people, they have childhood issues. Right. Somebody was molested. Um, their parent was a drug addict and didn't do right. Or they didn't always have more when they was growing up. Or there were some parents that gave them everything but love. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I had the nice cars, this, that, and that. But, you know, my mom would call me all kind of names or, you know, degrade me in yeah. certain ways. Or I didn't have my, or a lot of it. A lot of you guys is, I don't have my daddy. Mm. I never forget a student I had my first year. That boy gave me the dickens, gave his mama the dickens, right? And we were like, what is going on? And I finally talked to him and he was like, I, I just want my dad, you know? And it sounds so cliche to say that, but it's, it's literally, real. it's real. And so, like, I, so I finally told his mama, I said, hey, he's crying about a dad. She's like, his biological father is in Atlanta, and he don't see him like that. And the dad he's crying about is my ex-husband, but we've been divorced for like two or three years. I'm not mm-hmm. understanding why he's still crying over this guy. I said, because, Mom, I, I, to you it's over. That relationship mm-hmm. over for you. For you, but for But for child. him, it's not. Yeah. You know, he's longing for someone who looks like him. You are the mom, and being a mom of a of one boy, I always tell my husband, I am thankful for you being here because he's growing up. And when he grows up, other things grow up. Yeah. I don't know what to tell him about his boy problems. Right. I can take you to the doctor. I don't know what to tell you about your dreams and things that you're having because I'm not a boy. Exactly. So, you know, so mom can only do so much. But it's it's crazy how much these kids miss their fathers. Now, some daddies are absent by choice, and some daddies are absent by force. And you, we we know what that means, right? You know that means that some a mama is mad somewhere. Oh, it didn't work out between us. You can't see the kids just seeing the money. But I'm telling you, there's no amount of money that can replace a father in the child's life. I almost want to say that they could they would substitute a mom for a dad. Yeah. Because you can get nurturing from a lot of people, from an auntie, from a grandmama. People, you know, that's a different kind of nurture from a woman. But from a daddy standpoint, mm-hmm. these boys and girls are crying out for their fathers. Every time I've had a situation where um the students were showing out, um it was either one of my students, the daddy and the mom got a divorce. She was terrible. Um, we tried to call the dad. I remember him hanging up on us and, and not picking up the phone. And she was like, he, he came home. I miss my daddy. Right. That's a, and that's a girl. Now that's a girl crying about her daddy. I remember another time I had a student who said, you know, Miss Abram, I'm 11 years old and I've never met my daddy. Never. Not to mention the ones who daddies have been killed in the streets. Right. 
So, you know, I teach in the in what we call the hood. And so I always try to relate to them and let them know I came from Pendleton Home Apartment, K-13. I lived there for a few years. I lived on Heard Avenue. I've lived in any place that was cheap for my mama at the time. And so I definitely know, I definitely understand what the life is like to be in the hood. I didn't have my daddy growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody don't have the same mindset that I had. I knew my situation was bad. I didn't want to leave that situation. And I was always headstrong and forward thinking and free thinking like I'm getting out of this. What makes that the people who live in that house over there in that nice house, what makes them better than me? Those are questions I used to ask myself at the young age. They ain't better than me. They just older than me right now. But when I get big, I'm like, I'm gonna live in a house like that. Right. You get what I'm saying? Every neighborhood I've ever lived in, in my as an adult, I've manifested it. I've driven through the neighborhood. I've looked in the houses and I was determined to get there. I'm not saying that it should just be about a house. I'm just saying that everybody don't have that thinking, especially like you said earlier, when your surroundings are not motivational mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so then you got your so where do we go wrong also as a society don't we can't tell nobody nothing without being canceled okay um for example if you see a pregnant woman now drinking it and doing drugs or or smoking weed or or, or cigarettes or whatever and you're like hey baby you pregnant don't tell her Until that child got to go to school. Speak on it. <laughs> See, we forget a lot of times how somebody do have to deal with the decisions we make in life. Right. We forget that very often. Your baby, your baby come out with ten fingers, ten toes. They're talking when they think when they're supposed to talk. They see fine and they hear fine. And on the outside, you think your baby is fine. But on the inside, on the inside, come on. When that brain ain't click clacking where it needs to click. Yeah. When that ADHD kick in, okay? When that, um, I'm not saying that dyslexia has anything to do just with the correlation of that, uh, but when dyslexia is coming in or or when the the um, syndromes come in from when you were doing your drug and alcoholism, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You're like, well, my baby fine. He got everything. She got everything she need. But and then you get into that brain, and it's they're slowly developing. There are years behind in development, and so then you like, oh, then you hear parents say, "Well, that's going the teacher gonna deal with that." Mm. No, but again, where were where was that attitude when somebody tried to tell you don't be drinking and doing drugs while you're right. pregnant? Then we got cussed out when we told you not to, and now. Your baby is here, and babies don't stay babies. I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. I think we get in the mindset of, oh, he and she's so cute, and they two <laughs> and three, and they got the cutest little toddler clothes, and then boom, they ten. Right. And, and they're writing like they in kindergarten. They can't spell. They're not. They can't retain information. It's a slow development process for them. You don't know those things until your child get older, and so. Again, to say, don't worry about my baby. You ain't got to deal with my baby is a lie. Right. And I think we've gotten past that. It used to be a village to take care of a child. Mm-hmm. And everybody was a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, it's like you better not look at him, say nothing to him. Don't correct my child. Let me deal with it. It's now more of a, um, a high five if you go to the school and cuss the teacher out. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? But a lot of those parents are dealing with their own issues from what stemmed from them when they were in school. Did I have bad teachers growing up? I did. I had teachers I couldn't stand. I had teachers that were good. I had teachers that were mean. But I've never had a teacher that I disrespected. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because my mom can't teach me everything. It's a village. We all play a part. And so we went wrong in a lot of aspects of that ain't my business. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Let me leave that subject alone. Mm -hmm. Or let me leave that person alone. Or why you worry about people be worried about the wrong thing. We love saying that. Until somebody do have to deal with your child. Teachers are with your children eight hours every day. Five days a week. Five days a week. Eight hours. From seven... Well, we open up our doors at 7.50. So at 7.50 to 3.20, we with your children. Monday through Friday, except for weekends and holidays. And this pandemic makes things a little bit different. But even with that, even with y'all seeing what teachers go through trying to teach your child, you're still not thinking village. Yeah. It, it, it's become to one of those things to where it started out as this village, but like you said, along the line, it got to, don't you look this way, don't you say anything, that's my child. It became very territorial, but even with it becoming very territorial, you still don't want to handle or take actions to the situation at hand because you don't even know how to handle it. Right. And instead of reaching out for that village and reaching out for that help, um, we don't do that. And a lot of times people have a hard time asking for help. That's even true. even though that you know that you're struggling with handling whatever it is, it's still that if I go ask this person for help, then they gonna look at me some type of way right you know what i'm saying so it's just like i don't want them in my business i don't want them to know that i'm struggling which goes to our studio audience here who asked the question kevin said people always have a way to make you feel like you're not good enough Uh uh-huh and how can you feel how can you fight to not feel inadequate and that speaks to what you was just saying you know um but here's the truth though y'all it don't matter about people being in our business or not. We all struggle. Yeah. The prettiest house, the nicest cars, the happiest of marriages. We're all struggling. Mm-hmm. And and I think the bigger issue for people like myself is I'ma tell you. People look at me into real marriage and say, um, I wish I had a marriage like y'all. Oh no, baby, we struggle. Right. We struggle one time financially. I thought it was over. Uh, we struggle emotionally one time um, when my dad passed. I thought it was over. Yeah. Um, raising five kids. Oh, baby. Yeah, I thought it was over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we ha- have had every single day to be a great day. You know, um, and I think that's the biggest issue is the facade. I think we put on such a pretty painted picture that people can't wait to peel off those layers to say, I knew it wasn't so pretty on the inside. I knew it wasn't that pretty. (laughs) And so we, so, and we, the sad part is now we feel good to know that you ain't doing as good as I thought you were. Yeah. Because now I feel like, whew. I don't have to be in competition because at the end of the day, you a lot of us are in competition with strangers we don't even know. That is so true. Social media and Facebook 
instantly make you feel inadequate. I know for the longest I got off of Instagram, um, even though I have a business, because the people, the peers and the people that I was coming up with my brand, um, they've gone to do different things. And the uh, people that I work with, the influencers and stuff that I work with, they're all, you know, branching off and doing greater things than what I'm where I'm at constantly. Um, Because, you know, y'all know my story with my children and why I had to push things back for my own brand and company. And so watching everybody else continue to go while I had to kind of pause it was like oh, I'm not doing enough you know what I'm saying yeah. I'm not where I need to be I could have been there I could have done this I could have flew here I could have hung with that person but then I tell you this I, but even with all of that I've been able to hang with some of those very famous people you see on IG right mm-hmm. and they broke I remember going to <laughs> I, I remember going to a dinner. This is no lie. I remember going to a dinner with a very well known um celebrity makeup artist um that she was also helping me do marketing and stuff like that with my company and I accidentally left my um debit card at home and I was calling her and I'm again I'm driving from Macon to Atlanta so I call her like hey I accidentally left my debit card at home like do you have a cash app or do you have um, a way for me to transfer your funds right but maybe she missed out what I heard uh, what was saying and she was like well I ain't got a thousand I had like it was like a thousand dollar dinner that I was sponsoring cut for my business and I was like oh I left my debit card and she was like well, I ain't got a thousand dollars I ain't got that kind of money and I'm thinking, but you the you you the who's who? You the celebrity makeup artist? You the da 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 da? And you ain't got a a thousand dollars? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though I wasn't even asking you to pay, I wasn't asking her to pay. She misunderstood what I was saying. All I wanted her to do is either if I couldn't cash app her, can I tell them my my debit card number? Because I you know when you know your numbers, you know your numbers. Yeah. So I knew I was like I don't have it, but I know my numbers even down to the security code. Says I just need to know will you take that because I'm on my way. I'm ha- at the time I was in Stockbridge and I was like there's no way I could turn around. Mm-hmm. And I was like so they was like oh yeah as long as you know your number you're good. And so it was, and so that's what I did. I had no wallet, no license, no nothing, but I still continued to drive. So once she validated that, it was fine. But again, I'm thinking to myself, here I am trying to be, I'm beating myself up because she looking like on the gram, like she got it all together. Looking like a million bucks. Looking like a million bucks <laughs> and had to instantly tell me I ain't got no thousand dollars. Yeah. I got a thousand dollars, and I'm not saying that in a negative way because some of us just don't. But social media make you feel like, yeah, if you are not hanging with certain people, you're not doing certain things that you're not where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So to fight that feeling of feeling inadequate, it's hard. Everything in front of your face. Like I, I hate when people come over my house sometimes and say, "Oh, you know, I wish I could live like this, or I wish I could do such and such and such." Because I always tell them, "You can." It ain't necessarily a wish or that you can't. You can. It's about how you level up yourself. Right. But don't look at my house. I have five kids. You don't need a three thousand square foot house. It's just you. What you trying to live like me for? Mm-hmm. You can go be a bad behind, you know, uncle, auntie, whatever, with a nice apartment or a nice house a nice start of home in a decent neighborhood who said you had to get my house I got five kids it's seven of us with my mama eight but we had to live comfortably right so you don't need this 
Don't look at me in my house and feel like you're not doing enough in your life when it's just you by yourself. Yeah. But it's hard. (laughs) Comparison will definitely kill you in so many ways. And even when you talk about the whole Facebook and social media thing, uh, we always got to remember that some people don't post who they post to be. Right. Um, It's always, um, I'll show you my vacation pictures or I'll always show you the good. With social media, we always see the good that people are doing but we never see the behind the, the scenes, scenes stuff that Ooh. is you know keeping them up late at night or whatever the case may be so like you always got to be careful with that that's why i started the unfiltered lux podcast where everybody's like oh you know you did the business woman let me tell you the ugly side of business let me tell you how dirty people can be let me tell you the dirty side of of working with people that you think is your mentor or that you look up to some of these people we look up to are trash yeah you know what i'm saying and they, but but even with me learning that then this is going back to our original topic of validation when i talked about on my pot on my personal podcast about um the the feeling inadequate when i um uh, i'm gonna just say her name molly teal the uh ceo of curl box um, was like my virtual mentor, yeah. right? Like she did something wonderful, and I definitely want to be a part of it. I started my brand, my business. I was all Karen even went with me one time to Atlanta when we went to the Curl Box headquarters mm-hmm. and did a class with her, and it was just. But I, I was like so excited to meet her, right? And I go in there. And I and we had already had an exchange on Instagram because somebody was like, "Oh, I see you doing great things. You're featured here. You're featured there. And you're the virtual mentee to my lead teal." And she was just like, "I don't, you know." She came. She now sis had been seeing me and she never said nothing to me, right? But as soon as this other person, who her name is Sister Scientist on IG, mm-hmm. and basically. And that's another story for another day. But basically, all y'all favorite hair care products, they're all private label. And they all go through sister scientists. Surprise! Surprise! We all using the same manufacturer. Honey. So my L ain't better than Camille, and Camille ain't no better than Curl We all using the same person. But anyway, it's a small network, I'm just saying. Small Come on. Unfiltered Lux, right? (laughs) So, you know, so anyway, so Sister Scientist says that, and that's what my lead teal hop on. Now, you would think somebody would be flattered that somebody sees you as a virtual mentor, right? right? But instead, she was like, "Um, I haven't met you, and I don't want people thinking that you're my mentee, and I haven't met you. So maybe you should change your um, title to... um, admirer of my league wow and so at first i was like okay let me change it and you then i got the i got back to keisha and not not on keisha ceo's curl ups i i went to keisha and i said f that yeah girl i ain't gonna put you nowhere on my bio like girl you know what i'm wiping you out nah admirer of nah we're done because you should have been flattered with the mentor but you're not flattered and instead it's a problem for you for me to call you that so how about we just did all of that yeah and so i felt like okay i got rid of that long story short i seen her in las vegas when i was approached by walmart to put my products in the store and i saw her again and she was just she just had this very oh you know what are you doing you still direct to consumer oh okay that's nice 
and then went behind the booth behind me and was clapping it up and chopping it up with that girl. And I and I thought to myself, you don't even know that even though I was di- I was the only brand on the floor direct to consumer, and yet I made it to Las Vegas, right? right. And so. You don't even know that before you came up, Walmart had already put the card on the table and there was no need for me to pitch. I like your presentation. I like your products. I like the way it smells. I like the way it feels. I like your vibe. I want you on the shelf. Now, how you want to do it is up to you and we'll have a meeting, but I want you on the shelf. That's the kind of meeting I had on the sales floor at Cosmoprof. But you didn't know that, my lead. You just saw what you thought was inadequate mm-hmm. for your brand. And I let that beat me down for a long time. Because I'm talking like this to you guys now about how how I realized my value right then on that spot. But yeah. I didn't see it then. I saw my virtual mentor not accepting me no matter what I did, no matter how hard I worked. I mean, again, you gotta. Uh, I'm going to say this part again. I was on the floor with Urban Rx. Lip bar. When I was on the floor in 2016, Lip bar was begging and running around chasing people with her business card at the Cosmo Prof floor. So when I met the CEO of Lip bar, she's this little bitty tiny thing. She looked tall on the pictures, but she's really this little bitty tiny girl. Um, <laughs> and she's the cutest thing ever, but she gave us, she, she chopped it up with me and my sister at the time. Um, and she gave us a free lipstick and we had a good conversation and she was begging to get in stores then. Right, but um, but she she had been on um, Shark Tank, uh-huh. and they, remember they called her like the colored roaches or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she had been. I was on a on, on the sales floor with AJ Crimson, um, Bold in Skincare, Myel Organics. Keep in mind, all those people had distribution. Um, my honey, my honey baby, or honey baby child, or whatever it's called. I was on the floor with all those people, all of them, and they all had some form of distribution where it was with a major retailer, except for Curl Lux. I was a plain old direct to consumer. I had to send samples and everything, and I got a ticket. And they asked me to come back and do another show. But because I was so beat down by my leap, not wanting my brand to be in curl box, I couldn't see my value. Mm. And so for the longest, I'm like, I just, I can't win. Not realizing I had already won. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To be there on that floor and to have those things laid out in front of me, to be asked to come back to Cosmo Prop. Not even just that. The Cosmo Prop, the sister company to Sally said, I like your brand. And Kenya Moore was even there. She was trying to come out with Kenya Moore hair yeah, care. Uh-huh. And um, it was like, her hair is terrible. They was like, I like your hair though. I like your personality. One of them even told me that um, you need to go be on QVC. Like, you need to go audition over there for QVC. You, you're made for. TV. All those great things I'm telling y'all now went deaf and dumb to my ears when my leap just dismissed me. Kings and queens, I hope you guys are enjoying the conversation and the episode validation versus the village between me, myself and Keisha. Look, join us back next Friday for part two of this conversation. It gets even juicier, so make sure you tune in, make sure you tell a friend, and until next time, we're out.